1: It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thorntons, on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee.
2: I kind of forgot what conference realignment did to everybody on the internet many years ago. And I don't think we really need to be on alert for any big moves being made anytime soon. I think for the most part, the dust has settled. I mean, you've had some big moves in recent years that have yet to actually take place. You've got USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. Um, but the way people on the internet, message boards, blogs, websites, Twitter, the way they just run with stuff, it's got to be the... Topic among college sports crazies that has, has had the most incorrect information put out there, like things you end up talking about for a long period of time that are just a waste of time because it's just not true. And there's a name that surf- has just resurfaced, I'll say, uh, that I forgot existed. And that name is Greg Swain, or Swaim, I'm sorry. Uh, and this guy remember he was he was somebody that just kept throwing all this stuff out there on the internet years ago makes me feel old to be honest with you because this was i mean this was over 10 years ago this is when the big 12 because he's out and he's in big 12 country he's i guess a radio host tv guy his twitter account says that he's been in the radio tv industry for 36 years but he was a guy who I guess proclaimed to be the ultimate insider in Big 12 expansion. And Louisville fans were so, so desperate to not be left behind. And we ended up getting left behind. And West Virginia took that spot in the Big 12. Again, this is like 12, 13 years ago. And Greg Swaim was the guy that like led all this misinformation to be put out there. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure he, you know, reported Louisville was going to be in the Big 12. And I just, I forgot this guy existed. And the reason I bring him up now is because uh, he has tweeted, and I missed it earlier. He tweeted it this morning, breaking, just verified with a colleague that there's also going to be Card Nation and it'll be the eighth team to join the Magnificent Seven. Let me read let me read the actual thread here because his claim is that he now can confirm that Louisville is going to be invited to the Big 12 which I would I would actually you know I've said it for a while now if you can somehow get in the Big 12 do it now I don't think you can because of course these contracts are pretty airtight but his his initial uh his initial tweet says this Just verified with a colleague who will also be reporting soon that Card Nation just became the eighth team to put the ACC's existence into serious jeopardy. Of course, that means the Big 12 has made the offer. Conference realignment is going down and soon. With respect to Brett McMurphy, the Magnificent Seven just became the Elite Eight with Card Nation. The ACC now is facing extremely critical exist- existential crisis. The only teams not have no available landing spots at this point. Louisville just got their Big 12 offer. So let me just tell you, I don't think there's any truth to this whatsoever. But it's, you know, it's what it's what happens when conference realignment stuff becomes a big talking point. People just run with whatever rumors there are. And as much as I don't think there's any truth to what Mark Swaim, what is his name, John? Oh, Greg Swaim. Greg Swaim is saying, uh, you know, I would love if that was the case. I really would. I mean, we'll talk to Zach Barnett in about twenty minutes or so. We'll get his thoughts on you know this. I mean, I, I hate even calling it a report because it's just it's just not. I mean, it's it's just it'd be different if this guy you know had sixty seven thousand followers and which by the way he does, and you know he has been a respected. Newsbreaker when it comes to these kind of things, but like this guy's actually known for doing the opposite and just running with nonsense when it comes to conference realignment. But if it were true, I'd say, hell yeah, look, I'm not somebody who hates the ACC. Trust me. I just, I mean, I just know that if there is expansion, you need to have a landing spot. And yes, it would be. Phenomenal. If the SEC or the Big Ten expanded and they wanted to bring in Louisville, I think that'd be really cool. I don't necessarily see that happening, but maybe I'm wrong. So I guess what Swaim is reporting is that there's now eight, and I guess those eight schools could collectively vote to dissolve the conference, and I suppose the league at that point would... Again dissolve, and you wouldn't have any you wouldn't have you wouldn't i mean those if the league dissolves, I assume the grant of rights contract is is no longer relevant and it doesn't matter anymore I don't know I have no clue you know we I asked that yesterday pretty i think that was pretty much the question I asked specifically to Ross Dellinger, and I don't again I don't think anybody knows for sure if they it'd probably be a bunch of lawsuits, but look if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts if that's true then then I would do that because. If those eight schools vote to dissolve the league, you don't want to be one of the leftovers trying to, because, again, they'd probably have to create a new league, and you don't want to be in that league. You want to be in either the ACC, or you want to be in the Big Ten, the Big 12, or the SEC. And, look, I think, look, there's no denying that as far as, like, brand, the Big 12 lost way more than they're going to gain with Texas and Oklahoma. But it could still be a good league. I think basketball-wise, it could be a really good league. Football, you know, TCU just made the playoff. You know, Oklahoma State, they're usually pretty good.
0: Um, Cincinnati's
2: moving to the Big 12. Yeah, Cincinnati. I mean, I don't think they're going to be good for a while because of the coach they just hired, but, you know, (laughs) we'll see. Um, You know, again, you you can't replace the brands that you lost, but I think you could make the case that You know, with Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU, and Houston. I mean, that could still be a really strong football league. And in basketball, I think you'd be, I mean, the Big 12 was, was, in my opinion, the best the best league in college basketball last year, and I don't think it was close. So, again, that's, I feel silly even bringing that up, but it is, it's out there. It's mid-May, and the biggest topic in college sports has been the future of the ACC, given that the ACC spring meetings are going on, and there's Somebody on Twitter with a bunch of followers who's getting people excited because he's claiming that there's eight members that are going to vote to dissolve the league. And I doubt that's the case. And here's what's crazy is that, you know, you've got people like Ross Dellinger, who joined us yesterday, who was on site for these ACC spring meetings covering it. And, you know, I don't think uh, George McSwain was, Greg McSwain, sorry. All right. Uh, it is coffee and company. We are fueled by Thornton's right here on Sports Talk 790. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We certainly do appreciate it. Take us with you wherever you go. Listen live on the Heart Radio app. Listen live at 790Louisville.com. And uh, if you want to be a part of the show, 502-653-0790. Again, the LNN Federal Credit Union text line. All right. So UofL landed another transfer earlier today, a name we have talked about before. That is Brady Allen. Reuniting with the Brahms squad following Jeff, Brian, and Greg down here to Louisville, he was a four-star quarterback coming out of uh, of high school, redshirted last year at uh, at at Purdue, and is now going to be transferring to Louisville. So uh, I think you know this 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 sets up sets up pretty nicely for 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 your quarterback situation because you have to keep in mind that after this year, after this this coming year you're going to lose, I mean, you're going to end up losing Brock. You're going to lose Plummer. Uh, You're going to lose Conley. So that leaves Pierce Clarkson and then walk-ons and if you sign some freshmen. So therefore, Brady Allen, I mean, that gives you two four-star quarterbacks that are there competing. And look, I know because of all the hype that came with Pierce Clarkson, and I think that hype was legitimate, you know he's going to have to compete to win the job, I would assume. And Brady Allen, maybe he's a guy that will make that harder to do for uh, for for Pierce. So, look, the the rankings in the transfer portal right now, Louisville is sitting at number eleven. And keep in mind, they still have some scholarships out there to to use. I don't know how many, but there's at least a few left. And right now, again, when you just rank. The classes out there based solely on who's coming to your program that is a transfer, only 10 have a better class than Louisville. So that's, that's, that's phenomenal. Number one, Colorado. Check this out. So Louisville, they have 20 transfer commitments. Colorado has 47. Jeez. That's insane. That is insane. Indiana's coming in at number 16, John, in the there you go. transfer portal rankings. Kentucky is at number 20, which that leads me to this um this this text that came in on the text line. It says, "A lot of talk about UVL in the portal, Card boy. I think Kentucky's done an even better job." Ls down. Been a while since somebody called me Cardboy. Card boy. Yeah, um look, Kentucky's done fine, but you know, according to these rankings, Louisville's done better and so is Indiana. So Kentucky's added 11 transfers, and I would say that, uh, of course, the biggest one is is Devin Leary, who I think is going to be really good. I mean, I, I I don't say this for shock value, but I think Devin Leary could be better than Will Levis as far as a college quarterback, as far as results and numbers. Because, again, Will Levis was not a great quarterback just looking at the pure numbers. He clearly had a lot of upside and a felt, you know, And the NFL thought enough of him to where he was the first quarterback taken in the second round. But I think Devin Leary, um, I mean, he's the only thing you'd have to worry about with Devin Leary is he's he's been very injury prone. But I think he's he's got the arm to make the throws. If your offensive line at Kentucky has is better than it was a year ago and he's got protection. You know, he's got weapons. Dane Key, Barry and Brown. I mean. Those are two really good young receivers, and again, I think I, I think Devin Leary's a really good quarterback. Of all the quarterbacks that were available in the portal, you know, I don't know where Leary ranked. I know he ranked towards the top, but I, I mean, I think he's really good. Indiana's uh, commits. Who's the high? I mean, I would say uh, the highest ranked. And they don't do it by ranking here. They do I'm looking it by at it date. A bit.
0: They got a couple of four stars on here. One of them I mentioned before, Taven Jackson formerly I guess he was he's a 4-star now in the transfer portal he was a 5-star at a high school formerly yeah, at Tennessee Yeah it looks like and also uh, a defensive uh, so lineman from
2: You guys lost A&M. some guys um it looks like but you also like so for example you got a guy named Andre Carter who is a defensive lineman who transferred I believe from one of the Mac schools yeah Western Michigan but he's a 4-star guy in in regards to the you know the portal um you also landed who did you mention? DeCuse uh, D- D- Carter.
0: Oh, I, I didn't mention. Oh. I mentioned Marcus
2: Burris and Taven Jackson, of course. That's Trace Jackson Davis's brother, who comes over from uh, from Tennessee, right?
0: Yep. Man, how many? Here's one thing. Yeah, I mean, just looking
2: this at this, I feel like you know, and I'm basing it off of guys that I don't have a lot of familiarity with, but you know, Indiana was able to add guys from from Texas Tech, from Stanford, from Tennessee, from Texas A and M. So, I mean, maybe that matchup. Uh, in early September will be more tough for the cards than I anticipate.
0: The biggest thing That's for That's going to be Indiana, fun because you
2: you 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 got some quiet confidence about that game. It's just – Knowing always, what Jeff Brom did to your Hoosiers for so long, I'm surprised you have some confidence. Well, here's the thing. Last year I was confident
0: that Indiana going into the bucket game against Purdue, I was confident Indiana could win that because of the way – Based off what? Because Dexter Williams was doing well, brand-new quarterback. Now I don't know if they're going to lean on him this year because he ended up getting hurt in that game – Indiana got an early lead on the Boilermakers. They wanted to play spoiler, keep them from going to the Big Ten championship because Purdue had to win that game to win the West of it. Sure, yeah. Indiana was up early. Dexter Williams got hurt. Everything went downhill from that. You were on quarterback number three or four at that point.
2: I mean, they lost 30-16. to
0: It was bad. It ended up (laughs) being bad. But here's the thing. Yes, Jeff Brom had Indiana's number. He did. But I do think if Indiana can solve their problems on the offensive line – and Taven Jackson can be somebody. Yes, he's going to be a redshirt freshman. But if he can be somebody, then maybe Indiana can get back on the right trajectory for football. We'll see. It's a shot in the dark. I really love I, – I want more than anything for Indiana to be good in football.
2: I mean, you are you quoting Travis Tritt? I'm going to be somebody someday for Taven Jackson? I like it. <laughs> maybe I need to play some Travis Tritt on the way out. I mean, if he can back. be somebody, then Indiana is going to be, you know, they're going to be – I don't know how if I, I mean, if Indiana ends up being good in football, you got Woodson landing guys like Mbako, I don't know if I'm ready for this, John, on the show to where the Hoosiers have all the juice. I mean, clearly, let's be real, I mean, Louisville had a disastrous season last year, and Indiana was pretty damn good, but, you know, I don't know about uh, this thing, you know, shifting over to football too. Cause. It's been an
0: interesting balancing act. Usually only one program can be good because whenever Indiana football was thriving for a couple of years, basketball was was down.
2: Was it thriving? I mean, thriving by Indiana standards. <laughs> they had two I, good, I guess two I or three you. good seasons, but I'm with you. All right, so the uh Victor winbinyama I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh, the sweepstakes for him. I mean, it's not really. It's just going to be whoever ends up getting the luckiest because tonight uh, is the NBA draft lottery. We'll figure out who ends up getting the uh, the number one pick, the team with the highest percentage chance of landing. I guess the, I should say the teams. There are three teams that have a fourteen percent chance of getting number one. That's the Rockets, the Pistons, and the Spurs. And then outside of that, you have the Hornets, and then the Blazers, Magic, and Pacers. And then the rest of like the team with the the, you know, the teams with the least likelihood of getting it is the Bulls, the Thunder, the Raptors, and uh the Pelicans. And look, there's been some crazy lottery stories, right? Teams that have a very tiny percentage chance of getting number one, they get it. Um there's a, oftentimes where those with the best percentage don't get number 1. They get picked like 2 or 4 or something like that. But clearly my pacers are in play here and it would be great if they get it cuz whoever gets it is is getting Victor Wimbenyama. Did I say that right? Close enough. Victor Victor Wimbenyama. Yeah, Wimbenyama. It's fun to say Wimbenyama. I mean and he is he is this is such an overused description of players this day and age, but he really does look like a like a not real like he looks like a not a real human playing basketball with that length and that size at seven two, crazy wingspan. He's dribbling between his legs like he's truly been a guard his whole life. And I mean, there's, you know, Kevin Durant, but this guy is longer and bigger and actually, again, to me, looks more like a guard with the way he has the ball in his hands. Obviously Anthony Davis was this guy who always was a guard and then he hit a growth spurt in high school and obviously we know what he what he can do now as a player but like this guy's just different meaning when and I can't say that I'm a fan of his like I was Zion I mean I still am a big fan of Zion but I just did not want Zion to go to the Pelicans because you could make I mean I don't think there's any argument the Pelicans are the least valuable brand in the NBA they're the newest team they don't have a big following they're not in a big market and they don't have no history or anything like that and I just wanted Zion to go to somebody that mattered, like the Knicks or the the, the Bulls. And I don't mean like, you know, because obviously the Knicks haven't had a lot of success overall, but like it's a big market and there'd be a lot of attention. And like when Benyama, if he ends up going to the Spurs, I just feel like that's going to be kind of boring. Or if he goes to like the Hornets, who've got the fourth best percentage chance of landing him. And to be fair, I'm a Pacers fan, but like, it wouldn't be a big get for the NBA to have their next big star playing in Indianapolis. I mean, I'd love it, but like, I don't think they, they, the NBA, if the NBA could pick and Adam Silver's like, all right, what's best for the league where this guy ends up? I really don't even know what the option is because of these teams, I mean, Detroit, they have some history, but like they they're not real relevant. They're certainly not a small market team. The Rockets, I don't know. I mean, to me, the Rockets are kind of blah. The Spurs are certainly that. Hornets are a small market team. So is the the Blazers. The Magic are maybe the most irrelevant team in the NBA for the last, I don't know how many years. So I don't really know if there is a great, you know, when it comes to just the teams that have the best chance of landing them, I'm not sure if there is a, a great choice if the NBA could, you know, choose where this guy wants to go. And of course, that leads to some people thinking that this thing is rigged. I, I, I don't. Maybe I'm naive, but I don't. I don't believe in those kind of conspiracies. Although the the lottery where Ewing ended up being a Nick was there was some shady stuff seemingly going on there. But of the teams available, I mean, the Bulls are clearly the biggest brand, but they've got a 1.8 percent chance of landing him, so it's very, very unlikely. But this is—I would say—when it comes to the the NBA draft in the last, I don't know, ten years, this is the most obvious. This is the most obvious number one pick since Zion. Maybe more so than when Zion was the number one pick. Like last year, there was a real debate about who was going to be number one. Was it going to be Bankera? Was it going to be? Was the kid from Skinny Legs from Gonzaga?
0: Oh, well, I can't think of it.
2: Had a weird name, didn't he?
0: Everybody who comes out of Gonzaga has a weird name.
2: Yeah. Anyways. Kelly Ullenic.
0: I know that's not even no. talking about. Yeah. That's who. Uh, when you think of weird names in Gonzaga,
2: who was that guy that played for Gonzaga that weighed like ninety pounds? Why am I forgetting his name? Oh, uh, Chet Holmgren. Yeah, Chet. Chet. Of course, he had a weird name like Chet. So, Cade Cunningham. I think it was a. Re- I mean, I I, I would have taken Jalen Green over Cade Cunningham. Anthony Edwards, same thing. I mean, I know he was believed to be one of the top options, but so was James Wiseman. Hell, there was some talk that maybe Lamelo would go number one in that draft. And then there was Zion in 2019. Ayton, I forgot he was the number one pick in 2018. Uh, who else? Markell Fultz. I still can't believe he was number one. That was somewhat of a surprise. Maybe Ben Simmons being number one. Maybe that was, maybe that was. Although Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown also were, you know, I think they were legitimate options at the number one pick. What about Anthony Bennett? (laughs) That was the big. To this day, that's the biggest. There's no doubt that is the biggest surprise ever on draft night, as far as somebody going number one overall. And there's no need to get into this argument slash debate right now, but. People bring up Greg Oden and, you know, some people even say Purvis Ellison when it comes to the biggest busts in the NBA history. And, I I mean, it's not to say that Greg Oden is not a bust, but Greg Oden got hurt. Anthony Bennett, with no injuries, was out of the league within three years after being the number one pick overall. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He is without question the biggest NBA draft bust, and there will never be another one quite like that because the contracts aren't even set up that way. I mean, if you were out of the league as quickly as he was, like it's probably because you got in trouble or something. That was that was something. All right, uh, quick timeout. Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com, is going to join us. We'll see what he thinks about this report from uh, Greg Swaim, who claims Louisville has received an invitation to the Big 12. You're listening to Coffee & Company with Nick Coffee
1: on Sports Talk 790.
2: I have a microphone and you don't.
1: So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at
0: 502-571-7900.
2: You missed a real opportunity to play Travis Tritt, one of his best hits. Oh well, I was saving it for later. I knew you had a guest coming on. You telling me Zach Barnett, Football Scoop, wouldn't appreciate joining Coffee and Company to some Travis Tritt? Maybe Guess you can Zach. Maybe you could offer him a Bud Light. You guys could uh, you know have some fun. <laughs> Travis Tritt, you a fan?
3: <laughs> you know, I, 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 I was a fan of. Uh, it's a great day to be alive, but then I realized, then I learned recently that that's a cover, and it's basically just, you know, there, there's covers like, uh, you know, like like Johnny Cash's "Hurt," yeah. or like Marilyn Manson's "Sweet Dreams." That they they take the song and then they make it their own. This is just, a, Travis Tritt's cover is a complete rip-off. I didn't know that.
2: So You educating it, it, me it, on Travis Tritt?
3: I, I can't tell you who sang the original song, but if you go find it, I mean, it's a note-for-note you know, they just completely ripped the song off.
2: Well, we can we can relate this to to college football because my producer John is an Indiana fan, and he was talking about the Hoosiers this year, and he said if Taven Jackson can be somebody, the court the transfer from uh, from Tennessee that's going to be the quarterback for Indiana, if he can be somebody, then maybe the Hoosiers could have a solid season. And I said, you know, you are you trying to you know quote Travis Tritt, going to be somebody someday? So. There you go. That's that's what uh, today's show has been. And I've got it. I'm going to go right into something that I don't want you, you to take offense to because you are a respected member of the college football scene. Have you ever heard of Greg Swaim?
3: I have heard of Greg Swaim.
2: Is he a real human? Does he have like real? should he be trusted? He's reporting that Louisville's been offered an invitation to the Big 12. And I don't believe it for a second.
3: I mean, you, you got to keep it – like, this is – I, This I don't is peak realignment conference news.
2: realignment internet, is it not?
3: Yeah. I don't break realignment news and don't even try because coaches are the last to know this type of stuff. And usually, you know, ADs are involved in these conversations, but they're not making these decisions either. And so when 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 the Big 12 expands – it, it's going to it, it's going to come from probably three different reporters all at the same time. It's it's not going to be one guy who usually doesn't break this stuff, breaking stuff. And having said that, you know, living in Big 12 country, all eyes are out west right now. They're they are uh, holding prayer circles to try and uh, t- to try and kill the Pac-12. So I, I think the Big 12 would love to add Louisville, but they'd rather add Arizona first.
2: If, in fact, there were to be big big news dropping in regards to realignment, maybe the pac twelve losing more schools or the ACC having somebody that has found some kind of a legal loophole to get out of that grant of rights deal, give me your top three as far as who it would come from. Like you know you would know better than anybody because, of course, that's your world, that's your space. who Who would you say was the most trustworthy of that kind of stuff?
3: Are we talking reporters? Yes. Okay. Uh I mean thamel has been been the the become the go-to for that kind of stuff especially now that he's at ESPN. Uh thamel, uh if it comes from from Ross Dellinger at SI or if it comes from McMurphy. McMurphy's the OG though. Guys, yeah, you can you could if it's not from anyone else, I'm not saying it's not true, but you need to check it against your common sense.
2: I mean, I I, I think the ACC, in all seriousness, I mean, it's been the same conversation in in recent months. It's pretty obvious that the grant of rights deal that lasts until 2036 is going to create a huge gap between the ACC members and schools that are in the SEC, the Big Ten, and even the Big 12. I mean, there are some schools that, uh, that, Florida State, Clemson, they they don't see as peers. They see as, you know, JV level compared to them and yet those schools down the line are going to be making more and more money. But yet it doesn't seem like there's any any real belief that there's any way out of these deals. I know everybody's hired lawyers. There's this there's the there's schools using the resources to try to find some kind of a legal loophole, but I feel like all, outside of all the the chatter, it's just it seems pretty obvious that everybody's stuck.
3: I mean, the question that nobody seems to be asking these in, in this corner right now is even if you find a, a magic bullet way to get out of the ACC today with no questions asked, and let's just drop the exit penalty down to zero, what happens next? Where are you going to go? I don't, I don't believe the SEC and the Big Ten have an appetite right now to grow further now maybe maybe that changes you know as as time goes on but right now i don't believe they have yet like uh, the big 10 i don't think that they've collectively had the conversation of how much all of their lives are going to suck adding usc and ucla (laughs) and you're going to tell me that they're also while they're doing that you'll be like well florida state's available let's go get them i i don't think that that i common sense still exists i don't think that that's something that they're eager to do and you know it's it's an open question right now whether espn is going to open the checkbook checkbook up to to uh compensate the sec for adding texas and oklahoma so now you're going to tell me they're going to go add more like I, I just think i think that those conferences are going to move into a an area a, a period of just kind of resettling letting the dust settle and I, I'm, that, I I don't think that have that lasts in perpetuity but I think that's the I think that's where they're at right now.
2: Yeah, I mean I I just I, I don't I think the the best case scenario for the ACC is just that somehow you become more valuable but I just don't see how that happens and ESPN I think if they were to somehow just you know deem that the league is worthy of more money it would be it would be charity I mean I, and let's be real the ESPN they've got the NBA contract that's going to be coming up they've got you know UFC I mean they the ACC is probably not not anywhere close to the top of their priority
3: No if you're not Pat McAfee then ESPN is going to have to think long and hard about the the dollars and cents of bringing you p- opening up their checkbook for you the The only entities that seem to have a blank check right now for for ESPN are the NFL and Pat McAfee. And if you're not one of those two, then then uh, you're probably not getting what you asked for from them. And so I, I don't see it's a the ACC deal is a great deal for ESPN, and I don't see why. They would pay th- that conference more when they have no leverage and no reason to, other than charity. charity.
2: Yeah, it just would be a gift. Yeah, and 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 ESPN—they're—they're they're slashing jobs. They're not—they're not exactly just giving out gifts, it seems, unless of course you're somebody named Pat McAfee. As somebody who works in this sports media space, are you? I mean, what do you make of his his rise? I mean, this is a guy who was punting not that long ago for my Indianapolis Colts, and now he is probably the i mean if not the he's one of the top highest paid guys in the business
3: yeah i i just have to say i don't get it it's not for me uh he i'm makes, with you he makes more money at his job than in a day than i do in a year i'm sure and we work in the same industry so i guess he could he could play this on his show and, and say that i win you lose that but I, I i from what i've seen on game day he's not good like he he wants to pick both teams to win every game. Like if if the ESPN producers let him pick both teams to win every game, he would. Like he's just way too enthusiastic and needs to let the game come to him. And I I'm just I'm not getting it. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm seeing it, but I'm not getting it.
2: He is definitely just a different flavor than what you get from anybody they've had in in that role. And I think there's clearly something that pops with that. But I do wonder. You know, down the line, will that get stale with certain people? I don't dislike McAfee. I I think he has certainly taken advantage of uh, just you know being a much different type of of uh, sports media personality, I suppose. Um, However, you know, I do think you know at some point his numbers speak for themselves. There are a lot of people who really like him, and you know, me and you aren't aren't aren't. Aren't two I've, of those people? I've but I've
3: never met one. I, I've never <laughs> met anyone that's like, man, I, I'd love to go to lunch, but Pat Mac, I can't miss Pat McAfee today. You know, it's I'm funny. Sure now that you say I, that, I
2: don't, I don't. mean, I, I don't, I don't know many people that claim like they're locked in every day to his show. I mean, I think I, 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 I guess they exist, but you, you got me thinking now. Do they? I don't know.
3: <laughs> I mean, Elon Musk is a is a dumb person's idea of a smart person, and I think Pat McAfee. <laughs> Is an old person's idea of what young people like, and you know, I'm 35. I that's don't a, that's really well a said. person, but you know, in media, in the media world, the, the media advertising considers me a young person at 35, and I think he's what a 60 year old thinks that the 20 and 30 year olds are into.
2: That I, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think you're, uh, I think you are correct. Are we still young? I, th- I mean, I'll be 35 next month. Are we? I mean, I feel like we're. We're in a weird spot. We're not young, but we're not old, right?
3: Yeah, it, it, that's the that's the way to put. It. I don't think of myself as young, and I also don't think of myself as. I guess we're we're old young people or young old people.
2: Yep, I think you're right. All right, Zach Barnett's our guest joining us here, talking some college football. Is it safe to say that with Jeff Brom being the head coach at Louisville and it not being Scott Satterfield, when we bring you on to talk college football each and every week throughout the season, will we matter more now? Well, we have um, more of your interest.
3: Yeah, and yeah, you know, I, I can't say for for twenty twenty three just because I don't know how good anybody's going to be. For the most part, in twenty twenty three, especially new coaches. Although twenty twenty two was the year of the new head coach. We had we had guys outperforming expectations all across the country. So I'll, I'll say Louisville is is way more relevant nationally than they were. You know, if Georgia is a ten and 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 Colorado is a 10 in terms of national relevance Louisville rose from a from a 0.5 to to a solid 5
2: we have higher ceiling now i think that's the best way it yeah. just it, and who knows maybe that's not going to be the case but it just feels that way and i think even not, not only the fans can sense that but i think folks like yourself just feel as if there's a better chance of Louisville having sort of a you know, not not necessarily saying in 2023, but down the line, you could see Jeff Brom messing around and being a contender in the ACC. And I just don't ever feel as if that was going to happen under uh, under Scott Satterfield. All right, I've got a really hot take for you, Zach, and I need your thoughts on it. Okay, it's early college right. football. We got months before we get there, but I've been throwing this out there here and there in the last few weeks because I believe it. But it it it's it's what the uh, the young folks call a hot take. I think Devin Leary is going to be better than Will Levis at Kentucky next year.
3: Well, I mean, he has Liam Cohen call plays for him, which is just huge for him. Uh, that, I mean, the, you look at Will Levis. I mean, Will Levis got drafted because of uh, what what he did in 2021 with, with Liam Cohen. And, uh, I mean, he took a huge nosedive because of that. So I could uh, – Kentucky Kentucky's going to get better quarterback play in 23 than they got in 22, I'd buy that. I don't think that's a hot take at all.
2: I mean, I just think the Leary has shown when healthy, he can make all the throws. You mentioned the, Cohen, the, the Liam Cohen factor, which is certainly one, and then the young receivers, Barry and Brown, Dane Key. I, I, if their offensive line... Takes a big step forward. I think Kentucky's offense could be pretty damn good with Devin Leary. But, you know, Levis, despite the numbers, just – I mean, again, it, you're right, it's not that hot of a take because his numbers weren't great at Kentucky. Even in 2021, yes, they were They were solid. He had um, Robinson – is it Robinson? That's the guy who ended up going with the Giants. I always forget that guy's name. Um Wandale? Yeah, Wandale Robinson. Yeah. I mean Yeah, the Nebraska He, he was good. I, I mean clearly Levis was good in twenty twenty one with Cohen, but I think again, most of his draft stuff just came from him fitting that mold. And, you know, um his numbers were never, you know, that crazy. And I think Leary has has got a chance to put up some really big numbers.
3: I agree with that. And, and I mean the Will Levis thing is just a lot of it is just, you know, for, for a long, long time, the you know, NBA draft, you know, coaches and scouts. The, their their draft prep started and ended with we got to find a seven footer who looks the part. And for yep. a quarterback, it's still even though you, we've we've broken the mold. We we Lamar Jackson's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, but a lot of teams just look at we need a, a a white dude that's big and can that can throw the ball hard and looks the part, and it it begins and ends there.
2: All right, rapid fire, that Zach. Was rapid fire. What's the last movie you watched?
3: Last movie I watched. Huh. Um oh, uh Mean Girls. It's a I classic. It, uh Saturday Night. Yes. Uh
2: what what's your go-to beer right now?
3: My go-to beer uh if Michelob Ultra.
2: Best concert you've ever been to.
3: Ooh, um and uh, I'll, I'll go. I, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers Nice at AT&T Center in San Antonio. It was a great show.
2: Nice. That sounds awesome. All right. Last one. Uh, what actor would play you in a movie?
3: Um, who? Good question. Uh, you know, uh, I I can't think of his name right now. But you can't go wrong with uh, Landry from Friday Night Lights. Okay. Beth yeah. Davis, yeah. I like that.
2: I like that. Yeah. He's he's not <laughs> a um. He's not a – Jesse Plemons is his name. I wouldn't have known his name either. But he's he's actually in some really good stuff, but he's not a big name. That's a good one.
3: No, yeah. I mean, I don't look like him. Really, nobody looks like Jesse Plemons. He's got such an interesting – I don't look like him. But, you know, everything else, you know. Kind of same age, kind of same build, and the I, guy's a good actor. Yeah, he's, and he's I feel like
2: it's not that he's played the same guy in every movie or show because he hasn't, but like I, I kind of feel like there's some similarities there in some of the characters. You know, you and I have not met in person, but we've talked for years. Like I think that's somebody had to have told you that before, because that's a good no, one.
3: I, you know, <laughs> it's funny in high school. The only person I ever really got compared to, I, I had long hair or kind of longish, you know, Me mop-like too. hair. Me too. Glasses so people would tell me I look like John Lennon.
2: Okay. That's not I me. Mean, that's a legend right there. So anyways, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Always great to catch up with you, Zach. Hopefully you enjoy the spring and uh, we'll catch up with you down the line, my man. Take care.
3: Sounds good. Thank you.
2: All right. That's Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com. Always good to catch up with him. I'm enjoying the rapid fire. Let you guys, you know, get a chance to know some of these regular guests that we have outside of just, you know, their, uh, their sports takes. All right. We got to run. We'll have a short segment to wrap things up. And another hour to go. It's Coffee & Company fueled by Thorntons right here on Sports Talk 790.
1: You're listening to Coffee & Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790.
2: You know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving.
3: I'm not leaving!
1: Yeah! The show goes on! Yeah! This is my home! They're going to need a wrecking ball! Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Now back to coffee and company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Come
2: on now, Travis Tritt—he had some hits, man. He had some real hits before he was smashing Bud Light cans or whatever it is. Shooting them? Yeah, I mean, when did? I'm trying to think of when his like when his heyday was, but. I mean, he had from like 89 to I guess about 96 where corn don't grow. I'm not even sure if you know that one. That's a hit. (laughs) No. Um, But Country Club, help me hold on. I'm going to be somebody. Here's a quarter, call someone who cares anymore. The whiskey ain't working with Marty Stewart. I mean, Travis Tritt had a hell of a run in the late 80s, early 90s. Shout out to that era of uh of Travis Tritt all right so quickly we don't have much time left at all here in this segment but um just confirm you're no longer watching beef John there's one texter that just keeps bringing it up every so often you're done on beef right I'm not done with it okay I just don't know when I'm gonna pick it back up so I found this new show on Hulu that is if you're like a true crime nerd like I can be at times uh this was it's a little dark but it it's it's fascinating You know, I I kind of feel bad at times watching true crime stuff because here I am, you know, giving people attention who do you know awful things. But that's just the way I think, you know, it's the way it's the way a lot of us operate. But nonetheless, this show, uh, it is called Evil Talks, and it's chilling confessions, and it it it's just fascinating to see whenever these detectives bring somebody in in like the interrogation room, like every step of that seemingly three hour to 10 hour process depending on how long they get them talking before they ask for an attorney or before they get a confession like every step of the way they are trained on what to do and so many people could have probably ended up you know getting away with something if they just asked for an attorney and the way they kind of just have you comfortable and don't make you a suspect they get you talking i mean it's it is fascinating to uh, to to not only see the way they do it, but also, you know, I don't feel any remorse for people who end up having to go to prison or get killed by the death penalty because they did something awful. And this show really highlights some awful criminals. But there's just something about people, like, and again, I, I can't relate. Hopefully I never have to be able to relate. But, like, your conscience is going to get, like, eventually you just can't keep that to yourself if you do something crazy. Unless, of course, you're, like, literally a monster. So, anyways, if you want to check out a true crime show on Hulu that I recommend, it's called Evil Talks. And we're going to talk for another hour. We got you until 6 o'clock. It's Coffee and Company fueled by Thornton's right here on Sports Talk 790. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy
1: discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy.